this is Shifron Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, Leila. Hello. Hello. We're on the internet again. We're back. It's exciting. We're back in the same room. Real, I haven't seen you since 2003. What's going on? (laughs) It feels like a long time, doesn't it? So I was on holiday for a week. The magic of editing, we've made it seem like Rue was here the whole time. Seamless. But he wasn't. Yeah, so in your absence, everything's just fallen apart, Rue. What's what's going on? Where have you been? You went on holiday and then you were ill. It was incredibly inconsiderate. Yeah, I was very poorly. I'm going to blame Spain for making me ill. Something made me ill. Anyway, I came back and had a really nasty stomach upset. Um, But... I'm back and I'm back at work and it's nice to see you again and I'm I'm here. Hello. You're looking well. You've Thank got you. you've got a bit of colour. Brett, this is insane. Is that do you go browner than that normally or is a that as bit. Yeah, if yeah. I'd been in the sun more I probably would have gone a shade browner. So you watched all the Alien and Predator films, mm. including Alien and Predator. Yeah. Um, and Alien versus Predator. That whole the whole franchise, all of the all of the set. So there's a ultimate box set edition thing mm. with eight films in it right. um, and some of them are quite long as well and if you watch the director's cut versions of all of those alien films it's over 15 hours of stuff I didn't have long in between them either I didn't give myself long breaks in between right. so I was mainly uh, taking one out putting the next one on and then while I waited for the menu crap to go through uh, I would go out and get a glass of water and go for a wee right. um, and so you do that eight times <laughs> And then it's half twelve and your eyes are closing and you're thinking, what have I done with my day? Mm. But um, I, How long did it take you then? Well, you started quite early in the morning. I started at you? nine in the morning and finished, <laughs> like finished after midnight. Yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a long day. And uh, I, I did it backwards, which I'm really pleased with. Mm. If I'd done it forwards, I probably, about 8pm, I start, would have started losing the will to carry on, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, the will, will to live, let alone the will to carry on. But doing it backwards meant that I had aliens and alien to look forward to mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the night. So that was good. That was a good way of doing it. From your tweets, it looked like you enjoyed enjoyed them more as, as the day went on and also enjoyed Alien the most, is it fair to say? The, the last was the best? Well, I'm torn between Aliens and Alien. Uh, yeah. I always aliens thought that Alien was the best, but yeah. watching them backwards, <laughs> it turns out Aliens might be the best, with Alien very close behind it. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so did you have um, nice dreams that night? Funnily, <laughs> I don't remember dreaming. I really thought that I was going to, to be um, tormented by nightmares of glistening, mm. KY jelly dripping faces coming at me. But actually, no, I, I was um, mercifully free of nightmares. So it was good. It was, it was completely without drawbacks, actually, as mm. a day. Because I was ill anyway, so yeah. I wasn't going to do anything productive. And I wanted to have enforced relaxation. Mm. I didn't want the temptation of... Um, you know, like thinking, oh, I better better check my email or whatever. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll give myself something to do, make mm. it quite hard, and something that I can be keeping half an eye on Twitter, but not feeling like, mm. you know, I kind of have to get sucked into anything. It was good. Yeah. It was good. It was, um, no regrets. Yeah, box set, good, good way of spending a day. I'm on computers. Me and Dave Green off of this podcast oh, um, the internet's Dave Green yes went to Heathrow um, to see Terminal 5 and was this we got re- shown around Terminal 5 this was uh, recently you did this just yes. just last week last week um, when you were poorly I think oh actually, poorly sick and you were watching Predator films and uh, yeah and we went to Heathrow and it was great we, we got taken through this like Harry Potter style behind this like a really unexpected private door near the near some toilets. Right. There's like a special customs bit in a little dark 
windowless room. Ooh. It's literally, you'd never know it was there. It's like a, it's like a sort of staff-only door. Is this after you go through security? No, no, this is, this is like, instead of... This is instead like, of <laughs> security? So you get airside in a, through a different route? Yes, this wow. is what I'm How exciting! You, you, when you get to Heathrow Terminal 5... Are you allowed to say where this door is? Because no. that's quite exciting. Oh, no, God, oh, God, no. <laughs> but I think it's, it's probably... Locked or something, where you probably have to swipe in. Let's no, hope so. you do, because otherwise I'm just going to go through it all the time. But anyway, <laughs> just cut out that annoying cue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just so yeah. <laughs> I know that door. We'll, we'll be eating some of the most secure food <laughs> in the uh, in the That's country. Good to know. And you'll be eating it with tiny little knives because, of course, there are no proper knives on the other side. Really? On the other side, and here we are. Wow. It's not a very clear day, but I'm going to just try oh, wow. and give you a view and see if we can... So, given that we're on that tall buildings, mm. if you look straight ahead, you can see the City of London. So you can see the Gherkin, you can see Tower oh, 42, and you can see Canary Wharf. Then if you look to your left, you'll see an arch, and that's Wembley. And then, when we go over that way, you'll also see Windsor. So you get to you get to do the views. We've got planes leaving every thirty seconds, so it's it's actually quite mesmerising when you watch it. It's quite cool. So we can see how many planes: one, two, three, maybe thirteen or fourteen planes just out the front here yeah, now, it's loading up, looking out of a massive glass window. And uh, yeah, we're on a sort of a, a mezzanine. Have you guys been here before? Yeah, haven't they? Okay. We've been to Mount Wagamama before, but not, no, but not, not this one. Airport. I'm at light, and the breakfast is new. And the breakfast runs all the way through to the evening. People can come in, and sometimes they'll come in and they'll say, oh, do you know what time it is? And we'll say, oh, it's six. And they don't know if we mean a.m. or p.m. Right, They're yeah. just not sure. But equally in the morning, people will come in and order a curry at eight o'clock with a glass of red wine. Do you know of any countries that have chicken as a breakfast option? Yeah, we're this, is, this, is like, this isn't specific to your menu. This is just a challenge that I'm offering to everybody. No, that Every I've other ever meat. seen. Every no. other meat, but no, not chicken. No, whenever I go abroad, it's always hams and cheeses and... It's amazing, but maybe it maybe it doesn't go. You see, because you can have eggs, but maybe it doesn't go with maybe the rest of the chicken. Maybe it just can't be done. Do you think you're <laughs> so, going to set up your own business after this? Well, <laughs> it's chicken for breakfast. And the more people I ask, the more the, the, the greater the evidence becomes. It can't yeah, it can't yeah. be done. It's impossible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for that. That was brilliant. Hey, no yeah. problem at all. Thank you. Oh, can you have a go at um, pronouncing this for the record? Yeah, I think it's <laughs> Okonomiyaki. Like I said, yes. I mean, and sometimes you you, you see places around. Um, around Brick Lane and things like that and they'll, they'll cook them for you spontaneously oh, really? <laughs> I mean obviously some preparation is required um, but this this is a fairly traditional mm. uh, go at this uh, at this classic Japanese dish um, quite nice it's got it's been drizzled with a kind of barbecue sauce mm. which is I think quite nice do you like your miniature knife I told oh, you yeah. oh nice. gosh yeah tiny knife yeah I should take a photo of that um, does it taste like breakfast? Mmm. Mmm. 
tastes quite a lot like an omelette. So the uh, the kedgeries arrived now as well. Oh. Which looks like a kind of um, um, risotto. <laughs> well, have you had kedgeri before? No. Kedgeri, I assume, mm. is is a Scottish dish or? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think its roots lie in Asia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might do. But it's, but it's got a nice sort of heat to it. Oh, this one, yeah. Yeah, so what, what we've got here is sticky white rice blended with naturally smoked haddock, spring onions, soft-boiled egg in a curry sauce. Hi guys, my name's Chris Hinton. I'm one of the contributors to Wired.co.uk's Geek Dad blog and also to my own website, which is geekspeak.co.uk. And I got the geeky side of my personality from my dad, I have no doubt about that. When I was very young, we had a Commodore VIC-20, and we then sold that to buy a Commodore 64, which at the time I thought was the pinnacle of computing. It's just like you couldn't get any better than that. And so with Father's Day coming up, I'm trying to think of the things that I can buy for my geeky dad and the things that I would like myself, because I've got to drop hints to my wife and to my kids as well. And the first thing that always comes to mind, and I always think about it too late, is caffeinated soap. And I'm not kidding about this, it's just a bar of soap that has caffeine in it. But apparently you absorb caffeine through your skin in the same way as you absorb nicotine. So you use this stuff first thing in the morning and it gives you that high before you've even gone downstairs and had your cup of coffee yet. And I just love that idea. I love the idea of getting your caffeine fix, which I know you have to be careful of um, because you can have too much of it. But I love the idea of getting your caffeine fix in a different way. And I can almost imagine somebody shaving the end of the soap off and sticking it to their arm with a piece of duct tape just to try and keep that high right throughout the day. But if that's not your thing, and if you've missed the boat like I have, then there's some other options out there. I know my dad has quite a number of tapes, cassette tapes, still left in his collection. And in the garage, I have quite a few records, which I I used to buy from Woolworths before it and vinyl kind of left the mainstream and Willie's folded all together. Well... I don't have a record player anymore and I don't have a a tape player anymore either. But if you do have tapes and records and you want to play them again, I've seen on Firebox and they'll be elsewhere, so have a shop around. Firebox for between 50 and 90 pounds, USB tape decks and USB record players. And the idea is you play your tapes, you play your records and they get converted into MP3s. I think that's great. You can then listen to this old music. The greatest hits of 1988 was, I think, the last tape I bought, and I'm embarrassed to think about it. But you could listen to that again on your iPod if you really wanted to. Or if you wanted to really go around the houses, why not buy a shift-run-stop cassette, then play it through a USB um, tape deck and put it on your iPod that way? I know you could do it through iTunes, but who said you had to do things the easy way? The big thing though, and I think this is what we're going to go with, is something that I already have, so I can't drop a hint for this. It's a thing called a Revo Maze. It's revomaze.co.uk. And the idea is you have a pole which has a maze cut into it. It's a solid metal pole or solid plastic pole with a maze cut into it. But you can't see the maze because it's in a plastic sleeve or metal sleeve, depending which version you get. And you have to complete the maze by twisting the pole and pushing and pulling. And the idea is you get the pole out and there's a certificate in the middle that says you've completed it. The problem is you never see it, so you have to do it by memory. And if you hit a dead end, 
there's a little click and the maze resets and you have to start again. So it's kind of like the Rubik's Cube in that it helps you with your manual dexterity, but you also have to build up a mental picture of the maze as you go. I'm infuriated with mine, absolutely infuriated with it, but I want to see my dad try it as well. And so I hope I've given you a couple of quick ideas. I hope you have a fantastic Father's Day. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. And thank you very much for listening. And I hope there were x-ray machines. There were x-ray machines. Down, I so I got through and my bag went through and everything was fine, even though it was full of the recording equipment and everything. <laughs> um, and then Dave went through and sent his bag through, which contained this camera. Right. Um, and he'd accidentally left it on. So oh, we, really? So we got accidentally some Accidentally on purpose left it on going through the, the scanner. Accidentally. <laughs> um, accidentally, Hayley, if you're listening, definitely an accident. And, so uh, does it have? Uh, does, does it affected by the so X-rays? Yes, does it go all colourful? It went. It went a bit funny. Oh, brilliant! Um, not not in a sort of a crazy like you know end of two thousand and one like. <laughs> didn't you didn't of, see the edge of space. Yeah, no, you? right. But um, but it did it did react slightly I think to the wow. X-rays, which was quite exciting. That's cool. Um, are we are we officially not endorsing or recommending that other people no, don't, send us the result? Don't also do this <laughs> unless it happens by accident, in which case we'd love to see. Yeah, and and so this this secret mini tiny customs behind a locked door in the middle of the airport, um, and and yeah, and uh, and then so I got through okay, and I thought I was going to set it off because I always set the beepers off, and I didn't. And that's fine. Um, of course, Dave set it off and basically got frisked quite thoroughly by, by loads of uh, customs people. And then his bag got pulled to, the, to one side oh, nice. and they went through For it. extra attention. And of course, because we thought we were going to be recording for Fun Stop that mm. night, he had like absolute tons and tons of half-eaten packets of snacks. <laughs> 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 One by one, it's like, oh, packet of Jaffa cakes, <laughs> just looking really strange and dodgy. And they were sort of, and the guy was like, why have you got so many? <laughs> so, yeah, Dave had to explain that he was not a compulsive eater. He was expecting a famine. Yeah, it was, it was, there wasn't something mentally wrong with him. He was just uh, reviewing snack foods, unlikely as it sounds. So we're in the, uh, the seafood bar. Caviar House and Prunier, would correct. you say? Prunier. Prunier. It's Russian caviar produced in Siberia. And what we do is we send over every April around 50 to 60,000 fingerlings, which are small sturgeons. They're the size of a 50 pence piece. A full grown sturgeon can reach between two and a half meters, between two to two and a half meters. We send them over from Siberia over to Bordeaux where our farm is. Right, now, we've got five different types of caviars. We have a traditional, a Malasol, a St. James, a Paris, and a Heritage. Now, the three you're gonna try today are the most common. How we determine all the tastes we have, basically it's one sturgeon, a different salt. Now, the last one I mentioned, Heritage, we only produce 5% of that. Basically, it's a golden egg. Very, very rare. 5% 5% out of a whole batch of 40 to 50,000 of them is very, very rare. So we don't, when I say the price is Come on, give us, a, give us a ballpark. 50 grams, you're looking at 265 pound, pounds for half of what that is there. Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, this one here is, um, what, 90 pounds? And that's 
So it's, you know, it's three times, almost three times the amount of a normal surgeon. This is like, a, we should say, these are like little round tins about the size of a kind of makeup, like a blusher compact or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or for men, a very small <laughs> container of shoe polish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and many, many times I get asked, is that shoe polish in our, <laughs> in our displays? <laughs> many times. <laughs> Now, would you like to try some? Because that's mm. the next way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Would you like to have a look at the, the eggs? Mm. Wow. It's quite small. Yeah, they're sort of, um, I'm trying to think what they're the colour of. Sort of olive colour. Mm-hmm. And they're like tiny little beads. It's bigger than roe, isn't it? You get oh, roe yes. on sushi. It's bigger than that. We're using mother of pearl spoons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we can't use any metallic spoons at all. No plain cutlery because you can taste the metal as you're trying it's really delicate you need to only use gold mother of pearl bone or horn that's it that's all you can eat caviar with yep nothing else but we're not going to eat that because we're going to use our hands the old traditional way do we all are we all fine eating caviar there's no one allergic to any seafood no okay like to get your little hand you like a lot come on you look hungry this way. Just like that. That's the traditional way to eat. Um, it. He's sort of smearing it onto the back of, um, yep. of the PR's hand. And how do I eat it? Am I now, like... you put it straight in your mouth and try and roll the eggs around your tongue. Top of your... Just a good night, you're filming this. Sorry, yes. Okay. No, go on, keep going. Well, well, like, um... No, you're being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel you're doing. I'll do it when it's your turn. Oh, no. Is that okay? Go for it. And I'm like, mmm, oh, it's delicious. Yeah? Mm. Fantastic. I did a roll as well. Did you taste it? Mmm. Great. Who's next? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've, go. I've, got, I've got witnesses. This is the right part of my yes, hand. Old White Santa Dave's knuckle. Ball in one and roll your tongue around the balls of caviar. Mmm. It's got a, um, a very fishy taste. It's like it's mm. like a kind of salmon. And you just roll it with your tongue and <laughs> Roll it on your tongue, exactly. And the, and the eggs don't sort of dissolve or anything. Like you, you 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 can just sort of they don't dissolve. Swallow no. them and and it's, yeah, it's like raw. It's like raw salmon, like um, unsmoked. Yeah. Leila. Yes. You have done something strange again. <laughs> you've put something in something. You've put a walkie-talkie in the microwave. I don't understand. In the fridge, not in the microwave. That's <laughs> okay. crazy. What have you done? Um, well, as you know, we're quite interested in things in fridges. And for new listeners, we should say this is a result of Rue's Flickr group in the fridge, In is the it? fridge, which you'll find on Flickr. And what's, what's that about? Uh, it's a group in which people share photos that were taken inside the fridge with the door closed mm-hmm. from the inside. So obviously you need a timer on your camera in order to, to take part. With um, the flash? Yeah, oh, otherwise it's going to be quite dark. So that's um, that's in the fridge in Flickr. But we've never, I've never seen anyone use a walkie-talkie in the fridge. What's no, going on? But we have been doing audio recordings of the insides of our fridges as a result, inspired by Rouge Group. So um, when I got some new walk- new walkie-talkies, I know I had new before. I got some walkie-talkies recently, and uh, I said on Twitter, "What shall I do with my walkie-talkies?" And somebody said, "Oh, I hope you'll uh, sellotape one of the contacts down and put it in the fridge." And um, genius. And then I thought, well, I don't need to because I can put it in the fridge with the microphone, um, which is obviously just like a little dictaphone anyway and batteries and stuff, so it's freestanding, as, as it were. 
and then I can talk to that walkie-talkie from outside the fridge and hear what my voice sounds like coming through a walkie-talkie inside a fridge, which, as far as I know, has never been done before. <laughs> For some reason. Unless, unless someone was trying to break someone out of a fridge, maybe, or a, or a freezer unit. No, I can't see any reason why, you would, why anyone would have done that until now. I think I you might what, be yeah. unique and special. Certainly <laughs> special. So when I first heard about this, I wondered if you would have the, the um, audio recorder outside of the fridge listening to what a human voice sounds like inside a fridge, mm. which would be quite creepy. But mm. um, that's, an, that's an interesting alternative. But when I did it, I couldn't hear myself in the fridge anyway. I wasn't, my fridge is basically soundproof, wow. so I wasn't sure if it had worked. But when I played it back, you'll, you'll hear the amazing results, yes. It's like a Schrodinger's cat. You didn't know that you were talking to yourself exactly. in the fridge until you listened back to it. And it's really creepy. Wow. It's like that recent episode of Doctor Who with the, uh, the intercom thing. There's <laughs> creepy voices coming out of the intercom. You're a very unique snowflake. <laughs> Thank you. The sunny weather means it's, it's barbecue season. But what are, what are the ideal meaty crisps to have? <laughs> at, a, at a barbecue-like experience. Frazzles, presumably. Oh, oh, well, what, what we've got, yeah, what we've got, first of all, from like from Pringles. This is a bit of a surprise release from Pringles. Mm-hmm. Out, of no, out of nowhere, they've, uh, they've launched the Great British Flavours campaign. Yeah. And uh, this includes, um, uh, I'm not sure if they've got the other ones actually mentioned on the packet, but I have to know the other Great British Flavours are sea salt and, and, um, and black pepper, uh, curry... Is that a great British dish? Well, you know, it's been it's been uh, assimilated uh-huh. into our biological and culinary distinctiveness, and uh, um, I think smoky bacon and uh, and kebab, which uh-huh. which we're going to try now. Let's see if we can get the actual noise of the uh, of the Pringle tube uh-huh. <laughs> popping. Once you pop, you want, no, I can't stop. And the kebab, but the picture on the front of the kebab tube is a skewered um, Pringle. I'd like to try that. You need quite a fine sort of needle <laughs> to skewer, skewer it. Yeah, you Perhaps would. a hypodermic. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that Heston Blumenthal would, would mm. put in his restaurant. The fact that these are quite nice, these kebab Pringles. They're surprisingly kebabby. Yeah. Mm. It's quite mild. Donut, I think. Mm. The, um, the kebab flavour allegedly contains um, both smoke flavouring and beef extract. Mm. Oh, well. I mean, I'm a bit disappointed they're not a bit beefier. Plus, oh, kebab's supposed to be lamb flavour. Exactly, yeah. So I don't, know, like, I don't know where they're going with that, but um, they're quite nice. Um, they're, they're, they're currently ninety-five feet in Tesco's. That's one. That's one to throw on the grill. My my real find so far of the um, of the summer's crisps of the summer special crisps. Now this doesn't seem to be any sort of World Cup tied. McCoys have just put out some crisps called Sausage Striker. Not approved by the uh, no, but you can FAA say yeah, well, or well, no, I mean that's the great thing you can't you can't copyright football, can you? No. <laughs> like uh, they also have a chicken winger, which I haven't tried yet. But like um, sausage striker, that's a very weird. Certainly, certainly don't don't order it in a in a, in a Soho nightclub without um, without making sure of the menu. But um, that aside. Try the sausage striker. It's a it's a crinkly it's, McCoy's. It's, it's it's got a it's got a bit of a, a herby aroma. Quite like. sweet, quite sweet in its taste. Mm, it's quite sweet. Mm. Uncannily sausagey. Very sausagey. Five pounds barbecued sausage. Mm-hmm. I would say. Mm. I'm not sure I'd 
not sure, but then I haven't had a real sausage in a, in a long time. So, Shall I check if anyway. it's got real sausage in it? Uh, like, no. um, it's got smoke flavouring again, so, you know. Flavour of smoke. <laughs> it's so sweet that it tastes like a sausage with ketchup on it. Oh, that it does. And my, my final assessment, previously on Shift Fun Stop, we looked at um, the opening salvo of, uh, of Walker's World Cup squad. Oh, and, and are we going to have another... Well, another uh, like, I mean, do, do you remember we were quite disappointed by them? Yeah, they were basically just normal yeah. flavours, but with uh, international <laughs> yeah. prefixes. Mm-hmm. And, and not particularly strong flavours. Mm. The... Um, there's uh, there's one we can try. I mean, you know, there's. Uh, I mean, obviously, 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 there's six more. I don't want. I don't want to start like bashing through all of them because there's a there's a proper barbecue to be getting on with. Um, do you, I mean, we could try the English roast beef and Yorkshire pudding if you're in, if you're inclined. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Like you up for that? It's not. You know, it's not revolutionary, but it is. It is at least. This is one that I've seen them selling six packs just of this flavour. I think they're mm-hmm. expecting this one to do well. Yeah, I know. Like they're demented. <laughs> and, um, well, the other interesting thing is, I think there's um, there's a there's a Welsh there's a special there are special Welsh and Scottish flavours, and they're only available in Wales and Scotland. Well, it tastes a lot like a, a mild beef crisp. Mm-hmm. It's very mild. It tastes like cheesy to me. I'm not getting a, a Yorkshire pudding no. off of it either. It's and like again, it's like you know we used to get those black crisps in a bag of ordinary crisps. Every one that was a bit black. Or have been overcooked, baby. Yeah. Can we try the um, the American cheeseburger? I'm glad you asked, Rue, because like um, the the vote the votes are in, and certainly certainly on my website, opinion opinion is uh, is unanimous, uh, saying, well, to be honest, the only one of these that I would I would be interested in eating in any substantial quantity, and you know, these are crisps, so you, you know, that's it. Really, that's quite an indictment of Walkers. Is um is a flavour known? A flavour we now know as American cheeseburger. Just, just, just try some of these. Imagine what a cheeseburger would normally taste back, uh, taste like. You, you'll, you'll really have to imagine uh, that one, Layla. <laughs> wow, it's got everything. It's got uh, the burger. It's got the cheese. It's got the gherkin. It's got the gherkin. Oh yeah, it's, it's got gherkin-y. the onion, mm-hmm. the ketchup, and the mustard. It's all in there. <laughs> wow. Well, Mr. Walker, <laughs> it's like, I congratulate it, it, you. It's like it's like Rue, Rue can see can see through the see through the bag onto the onto the ingredients list. But yes, that's um that citric acid and caramel and cheese powder from milk wow. you're detecting there. But yeah, this is specifically it's a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know mm-hmm. the 99p, the little yeah. flat one, not the sesame bun, the plain mm-hmm. bun. Oh, all, all I can taste is gherkin. Oh, well, that's a letdown. But yeah. a slightly burnt Sorry. gherkin, a slightly caramelised mm. with a cheesy top on it. I, I, I do like on. it. I mean, gherkin mm-hmm. is my favourite part of any um, any burger. I know. So um, I think they've done well. So well done, Walkers. Mm. Like <laughs> after after <laughs> fifteen or sixteen World Cup flavours, uh, you've uh, you've you've at least come up with uh, with 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 one success in the in in the whole lot. Let's hope the real World Cup is uh, is as exciting. Are the, are the Americans expecting to do? Particularly well in the uh, World Cup. Yeah, they're right, actually, they're all right. Yeah, well, they might mm. do. I saw. I saw a chart in Wired magazine that uh-huh. like that proved it mathematically, where they said that like um, uh, success in the World Cup is primarily based on the the GDP of the country, mm. kind of, uh, and then also factoring in the size of the population and how much they've played football in the past and and that those are the overwhelming factors that contribute uh, to, to your success as a footballing nation statistically that does make sense mm-hmm. large population <laughs> yes. means you've got more people to pick from I like it <laughs> that, that's uh, yeah I, th- I imagine that's why they chose those factors rather <laughs> than for instance the height of hemlines or the price <laughs> of gold <laughs> 
Oh, um, you are a cheeky bastard. No, whatever. Sorry, guys, just watch out the way. Oh, wow, we're so in the way. Oh, okay, we're not going. My name is uh, Kim, and I'm the senior sous chef here. Today has been fantastic. It's been a, a nice salmon and haddock fish cake that we do, and also the crispy salad that you had yourself. Over on this section is the garnish section, and he'll do obviously all the garnishes, like we have a sea bass. He'll do the onion puree, he'll do the lentils, and he'll he'll bring everything up to the garnish, up to the pass. And then the chef on the pass will do all the plating. It's our job on the on the pass to do all the tasting to make sure everything is exactly how we want it before it hits the customer. I'll take you over here to the other sections. Over here we have the pastry section. Vivek on there today. So, what are you making, Vivek? Uh, shortbread. Shortbread? Is there anything you guys want to know? Or? Oh, I was going to ask about um, you, you're not allowed to cook with gas at the airport, is that right? How do you, right, how do you yeah. cope with that? Everything's electric. Uh, obviously, if it's electric and we have electric cook, then, then we do have a problem. But, yeah. Um, no, it's, it is, it's a lot better. I mean, obviously, everything on here, it's all electric. All, all electric setup, it's electric induction, electric flat top. So for these guys, I mean, they just turn a button. It's fantastic. So people can't eat with knives. You can cook with knives, can you? Or... Yeah. Well, the knives that we have here, obviously, the chefs cannot bring their own knives in. Uh, so it's quite limited. We do. Each section has their own set of knives. He says something like, "This is a bit like the electoral race." And the link was the old Smarties advert with the blue car and the red car having a race. That's not smart. Milky Way. Milky Way. Milky Way. I mean. Smart old blue, he took the Milky Way. Like that advert's back on now. But Is it? Yeah, yeah, they brought it back, but I think. And it looks like it's been done in coloured pencils or something. Mm. Have they kept that old version? Have yeah. They've done a horrible CGI version. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they, you know, they've, they've cleaned it up, they've remastered it. Yeah. Wow. Was George HD. Lucas involved? <laughs> <laughs> Did they put some new aliens in it? Well, yeah, and, and and the blue car shoots first. Which one's the I don't which one's the good one and which one's the bad one? I'm like the blue car is the eventual winner because Smart Old Blue he took, he took the Milky yeah, Way. Yeah, Smart Old Blue took the Milky Way. Yeah, and maybe they redid it for all Red wanted to do was stuff his face. Yes, he eats everything he sees from rocks to prickly trees. So is there a um, is there a message there about Milky Way versus? its main rival which is red coloured chocolate bar do you think that's oh, what I was wondering Mars, when I was watching perhaps, perhaps red is <laughs> the Mars bar <laughs> people are feeding their kids Mars bar guy. yeah <laughs> it's the same as a rock or a prickly tree yeah sure it, maybe it's, it spoils their appetite but it just calms them down it's just like uh, they go into a bit of an insulin coma <laughs> I think Leila's got a point though I think it's the same company yeah I think they're both made by Mars aren't they yes so it's probably not Mars that they're referring maybe, to maybe it's a Nestle Kit Kat or maybe it's fruit maybe it's supposed to represent an apple well, because rocks and prickly trees, they're both from nature. Oh. So I think it's setting up the Milky Way as the, the preferred alternative to eating anything natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a rock. Health advice from the Mars Corporation. No, but I'm sure it must, it must mean something, surely. They must be talking about their main... Sneakily, they must be talking about their main rival, which is a, a red wrapper. Yeah, Maybe it's Maltesers. Maltesers and Again, Milky Again, no, that's Mars as well. What's, what's most like... The Milky Way. Uh, made by Cadbury or something like that. Yeah. The fudge bar might be the oh. most. Ah, uh, oh, might be. Could be the fudge. Just enough to give your kids a treat. Just yeah. enough Famously. until it's time to eat. Yeah, it's, it's full, full of Cadbury goodness. goodness. This is this is like an episode of Rain Man or something, isn't it? Rain Man, the sitcom. And how does that bit go? Well, it rhymes with eat. Very small and neat. Very quick to eat. Very. 
full of Cadbury's goodness and mm, 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 mm. it's very hard to beat you've been listening to shift run stop you can follow us on twitter at shift run stop visit the website shiftrunstop.co.uk and send an email to podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk i'm in computers